This is Today's Living Hope with Linda Penn. Life's hard and you don't need to go through it alone. Together, we're going to find God's direction for living. To join the conversation, call 1-800-684-2848 or 883-5000. Now, live from the studios of WDCX, here's your host, Linda Penn. Hey, welcome to Today's Living Hope on WDCX 99.5 FM, 970 AM, 107.1 FM, and 990 AM. And we're so glad that you have stopped by today. I am so excited about this program, and it will last two hours with one guest because I believe the topic is so necessary and it is so helpful for what this guest is going to say to us today. And you know, today's Living Hope is about hope for today, knowing the reality of truth, but also knowing what God does through us, through the Holy Spirit, through the scriptures and how he teaches us. So this segment is to encourage, inspire, and give hope to the topic that we're talking about today. As you know, I am also a biblical counselor, and I do have some clients who have blended families. We are going to take our breaks a little bit different because I really want to get everything in for you and to you for encouragement, inspiration, hope, and practical ways when you have a blended family. And that's why we are going to take the whole two hours this time. I believe it's important. I believe it'll be an encouragement to you. So if, hey, if you want to call someone and say, hey, this is about blended families, I think you ought to listen. If you want to text somebody, if you want to grab some paper and a pen, because we're going to have a two-hour program because God has laid that on my heart, and I couldn't think of a better person to have as my guest than Laura Prethbridge. And she serves couples and single adults with topics on women's issues, relationships, step families, co-parenting, single parenting, divorce prevention, and divorce recovery. And uh, she is known internationally as a speaker and an author. Some, I will give you some of the titles of her books a little bit later, so I know you're going to want to grab some of them. Laura has spoken at numerous events, inclu- including the Billy Graham at the Billy Graham Training Center. She's spoken at Lifeway, Mom Life Today, Hearts at Home, Family Life Blended, Mops, and Iron Chopper's Iron Conference. In addition, just to let you know more about her, she has spoken in Australia, South Africa. She's been on TV. She's been on radio broadcasts. Family Talk with James Dobson. Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Family Life Today with Dennis Rainey. Moody Broadcasting. 100 Huntley Street in Canada, Homeward, Homeward with Jim Burns. She's had many of her articles published in the Focus on the Family magazines, Christianity Today, Marriage Partnership, Proverbs 31 Women with Lisa Turkish, and so much more. I'll give you more information. She's also a feature expert on Divorce Care DVD series. She and her husband has been, they have been married for 35 years. Steve and Laura reside in Atlanta, 
they have two married stepsons and two grandchildren. And I'll even give you information later on how to contact her if you want to talk to her. But here's the reason I want her on today to share with all of you. Because every day in America, 1,300 new step families are formed. And as a stepmom of 35 years and having three step parents herself, Laura Prathabridge shares insights on how to survive and thrive in a blended family. And this program is designed for anyone who is dating, engaged, or married to a person with young or adult kids in a blended family. Welcome, Laura, to our program, Today's Living Hope. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be with you. Oh, you know, it's good to hear your voice. And I can remember when I was on staff at the chapel doing women's ministry, uh, you came and I invited you to come to do a Friday night and Saturday conference just for blended families. And you talked to stepmoms, you talked to stepdads individually, and then you talked to them as couples. And it was so beneficial. So you know what? It's time to talk about this again, and I wanted you to share the principles that you have learned to help those in our listening audience, which we are able, you know, to reach so many more people by radio. So, Loris, help us to have understanding, hope, and inspire us with your encouragement today. Yes, well, I'm happy to do that, and I'm originally from Western New York, so... So my heart is there with you, and I'm thinking of a beef on weck as we speak. <laughs> I know. You're a native of Lockport, <laughs> New York, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. And we all know the taste of that uh, that sandwich, don't we? And I bet you every time you, get, you come back here, you get one. Yes, that and a handful of other things that I can't get here in the South. <laughs> That's right. You're, do you have happy haunts here that you just have to visit? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. It's a list. There's a list of foods that you have to get before you leave. <laughs> That's the same thing we do when we go back to Ohio. Exactly the same thing. So, yeah, yes, so yeah. help us learn how to have a to be striving with encouragement and inspiration and hope in blending a step family. I know we have some principles you want to share with us today, and I really want to take the time to really delve into each one of them. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, that's the key, really, for the step family to survive, is to really understand how and why it is different than a first-time family a first-time marriage, a first-time family, because so often people think they're the same. They, they go into a remarriage thinking, well, we'll just do things the same way you would in a first-time marriage, in a bi- first-time biological marriage, and, you know, everything will be fine this time because I've learned from my mistakes from past relationships, and so they don't get any education or resources or training on how a step family is so radically different than a biological family. And then when they do get a resource on the subject and they start reading, their initial reaction is, oh, I I don't like this. I don't like what I'm reading. I don't like what I'm hearing because step families are a lot more complicated and they take a great deal more work. So that can be a rub 
that can feel very uncomfortable at first. And the the first thing I like to tell people, and, and sometimes they don't like hearing this, but I have to say it to them and help them to, to just sort of glean some of this wisdom, is that every step family is birthed on loss. It was, it was created out of a loss, or it wouldn't be a step family. So either a death or a divorce or the end of a previous relationship has occurred in the past in order for a step family to even be in existence. And so that means there is emotions that come into the step family that aren't there in a first marriage. So, of course, with death or divorce or the end of the relationship, there's fear, there's anger, there's resentment, that the number of people involved is multiplied significantly. So that very first foundational principle is to understand all step families are birthed on loss, and that means there are emotions that are in play here that are not there in a first-time marriage. You know, I, what I've also noticed that we have done, um, helped several step families and love them dearly and the, the love that they have renewed in, in a remarriage and wanting to move forward. Sometimes it triggers the emotions of hurt from divorce or woundedness. And so to process that through and be able to move forward because our brain connects certain things uh, as we move forward that we need health and encouragement from and practical ways and not get discouraged because it will trigger some things, correct? Absolutely. That's very common. And unfortunately, many people move into a second marriage while dragging the corpse of the first marriage with them. And so divorce is a death. Divorce is most definitely a death. It's the death of the dream, the death of the covenant, the death of what should have been, And so if we don't bury that properly, if we don't do the grieving of what was properly, if we drag all of those issues and that baggage and that, you know, I call it the corpse of the previous death of that marriage into the second marriage. And we usually don't think that we are. We rarely recognize that we're doing that unless someone is a professional or you go to a divorce recovery group or something like mm-hmm, that, and mm-hmm. they can help you to see, you know what? You still have issues with this previous relationship, and you better not get remarried until you deal with those. Yes, and I have, so, found, I have found that in my healing journey classes that I do uh, for women, and we have one for men as well. We notice that and help uh, men and women process through that because it's so crucial to make the this new blended family and remarriage um, successful, for sure. Yes, absolutely. That's wonderful to know right up front, just to face it, don't you think, and be aware of it? Um, and because it is so hopeful you're going into the being remarried, but uh, be able to face that reality and kind of know what's happening so you're not alarmed about it or, like, um, get discouraged or even depressed, right? Absolutely. And that is very, very common. Within the first six months of the remarriage is normally when I will get a call or an email from a new client in my life coaching, and they will say, you know, I read your book or I read this, and but I didn't really think that was going to happen to us. 
And now we're right in the thick of it, and everything I read is accurate, and I am in so much deeper than I thought I was going to be. I thought I knew what I was entering into, but I now realize I didn't even know 20% of what I was going to be dealing with (laughs) in this relationship. Yes, and you know what? That just gave me a hint to be able to say, you know what? If you're a church and you have... um, couples that are remarrying in situation and blended family, I really strongly suggest some premarital counseling that helps them to be prepared for a step family, because even the premarital counseling is different um, this time, and considering those things and helping those families be a little prepared ahead of time would also be beneficial, don't you think? Absolutely. And unfortunately, most of the couples that that I know of, and I've been doing this a very long time, they will tell me that their church used the same material with the first-time marriage couples that they're using with the remarriage couples, and that really does not work. It doesn't Mm -mm. mean that the couple won't deal with those same you know, of how to love your husband, how to respect your spouse. It doesn't mean you're not going to deal with that, but those are not the immediate issues that you're facing in a step family. You're facing numerous issues that you don't face in a first. So those need to be the topics of discussion first in pre-marriage counseling to determine if the couple is even ready to handle all of these conflicts, and especially if they have kids. I think that's a wonderful idea, and that's one of the reasons I had the conference um, that I did a few years ago with you, because it was so important, uh, and I know most of them were married, but I also know we had some single um, singles there that were just learning about all of that, too, as they move forward. So it was really beneficial to um, yes. do that, and that's another reason why I, uh, I know a two-hour program is longer than usual with segments, but this is so critical in the stages of where people are and to give them that encouragement and that inspiration to be able to, to move forward because we do want them to be at peace. We want them to have blended families that are successful and they're moving forward. Well, it is time to take our first break. Time goes really fast. And I have to tell you, you know, one of our endorsing sponsors is Jimmy Scaringi of Synergy Nutrition and Wellness. And just this week, he was helping uh, a client who was in stage four kidney disease, and he was about ready to go and needing dialysis. Well, God has used Synergy to help this client turn things around and have numbers really um, turn around, things to straighten up. Uh, And now he's impressed and his doctors have stopped pushing for that dialysis. So hear more about Synergy Nutrition and Wellness, and then we'll be back with Laura Petrovich, and we're talking about blended families. For years, you've been suffering with health problems. You've seen one doctor after another, but your symptoms haven't gone away. It's time to seek a natural solution. When the right combination of natural health therapies and whole food supplements join forces, you have Synergy. Hi, I'm Jimmy, founder and owner of Synergy Nutrition and Wellness here in Western New York. 
At Synergy, we teach our patients how to thrive holistically because God designed the body to heal and function on its own. Your body's ability to heal is greater than anyone has permitted you to believe. We have successfully helped patients battling health issues like acid reflux, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, autism, autoimmune disease, infertility, and much, much more. You can take control of your health without relying on medications or surgeries. Get rid of the pain, depression, exhaustion, and so much more and start living the life you were meant to live. And it starts with a simple phone call. To make an appointment with a Synergy team member, please call us at 716-264-4248. You can also check us out online at 716synergy.com. In His Name Outreach is a nonprofit faith-based counseling and community resource center. In His Name Outreach provides a network of support using biblical principles to help you overcome and find freedom from prevalent issues like anxiety, stress, and the devastation of addiction. You can also choose from a variety of options such as certified coaching, recovery services, counseling, and so much more. The experienced staff specializes in the three E's, education, encouragement, and empathizing to build and restore brokenness. In His Name Outreach is here to help you get back on track so that you can be the person that God has meant for you to be. Check out the upcoming classes to step into the new field of peer advocacy. You can transform a life. To schedule your life-changing appointment, call today at 716-464-3681. That's 716-464-3681 or visit iknow.org. For I know the plans I have for you, plans not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah 2911. Welcome to 600 River Road, Apartments and Townhouses, where waterfront living meets luxury and comfort. Centrally located between Buffalo, New York and Niagara Falls, our upscale waterfront community is unlike any other, featuring boat docks, heated saltwater swimming pool, pickleball courts, a clubhouse, and we are a pet-friendly community. Leasing now. Call us today at 716-587-8700 or visit us on the web at 600river.com. Experience life on the water at 600 River Road. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Join today's Living Hope with Linda Penn each Saturday. Hey, welcome back. I want to remind you, last week's uh, radio program was really impactful as we had In His Name Outreach uh, Counseling, Recovery, and Training Center, of which I do counseling there as well. Very impactful, plus uh, Rob Palazunski and then uh, Dominic Zaccarello on um, Total um, breakthrough in prayer and you can catch that on my website todayslivinghope.org or even in one of the podcasts and catch that program from last week well right now i have laura petherbridge and she is an international speaker and author and she is a i would say god has given her the blessing of being something that is someone who is being used of god so impactfully to impact for success step families and um, we have been talking and we've just gotten past the the first principle because we want to give hope for striving how you can thrive in a step family and so these principles are going to really provide insight and key strategies on how to strive into today's step step family hey the second one laura the second marriage must become the first priority yes this is a really hard one And it is the one that people struggle with the most. Most people enter into a second marriage thinking they can keep their children in the front seat of the relationship and then just add a new husband or a wife. And this is where it gets very, very sticky and confusing because it's radically different in the first marriage in that 
typically in the first marriage, there are no children there. So you have each other, just the husband and the wife. Okay, we're together. Then we add children. They come afterwards. But in a step family, the children were already have moved to first place in that single parent's life. So whether there was a divorce or the child came from a uh, living together situation or something like a single parent situation where that parent and the child have a bond where the child is in that first place in the parent's life. And so when that parent chooses to get married, they are now adding a spouse. And so our, we become one flesh with that spouse. Well, imagine how the child feels about that. They've been pushed. They've been pushed out of that first place and pushed into the backseat. I, I actually, when I do an event, and I did it at your event, Linda, where I, I actually create an automobile with the husband and the wife and the child in the backseat, and then mom and dad break up, and I bring the new step-parent in. To give them a visual mm. of how complicated this is, because it's very uh, easy to think the child is just going to embrace this new step parent. The child's going to move back into the back seat, and it's going to be all wonderful. Oh, I just love that I have another parent in my life. But that's rarely the case, because they've gotten used to having their mother or their father all to themselves. Mm -hmm. And so when we add a spouse, frequently we don't take into consideration, okay, what is my child feeling about that? And they were here first. They were in the front seat first. So they've got to be moved to the back seat. Well, the common mistake that step parents make is they try to move that kid to the back seat being the step parent. They're going to come in and rule the roost. They're going to, you know, there's a new sheriff in town, especially if it's a dad, a stepdad. And we think he should become the head of these children because he's the man. Well, that works in a biological family, but it does not work in a step family. And that is because the child does not have a bond with this person. This is not their parent. They haven't grown up knowing that this person is the person you love, honor, and respect. And just because my mother or my father chose to marry this person doesn't mean I want to embrace them into my heart or life. Yeah, As a matter of fact, I might be afraid of them. Yeah, it seems like it takes um, a while to um, honor and get that respect. So that gentleness and love and just care but not being too aggressive would be extremely helpful. I want to ask a question here because sometimes when there are blended families, um, one of the spouses... Um, you know, one remarries and then the other remarries and both start to have children. And sometimes one of the spouses decide to not see the children from the first marriage anymore. How does that play out in giving security and hope to the children in the blended family when there is a stepmom or stepdad? Well, it's devastating when a parent does that to the child. Yes. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Yes. There are so many people today that will say, oh, well, he's not a very good parent. It's better if he's not around little Johnny anyway. 
or she's kind of crazy. It's better that he doesn't have his mom around anyway. That's totally a lie. And unless the parent is doing physical harm or exposing the child to something that is illegal or toxic, children crave the attention of their parents. And when one of the parents gets remarried and then abandons the children, either because it's too much conflict with their, with their former spouse or they've formed a new family and now they don't want to pay for the first-time family and so they let, like, the new step-parent adopt them. Any of those scenarios, any time the biological parent steps out of the child's life, there is a long-term painful wound that was created by that parent saying, you aren't valuable enough for me to stay in your life. Because mm-hmm. what the child hears when a parent does that is, you're I, not lovable. Yes. You're, you're despicable. You're ugly. I'm ashamed of you. I'm embarrassed of you. I don't want to be your mom or dad. I think you're disgusting. See, we as adults say, oh, no, that's not what the parent is saying. But that's what the child hears in their head. Yes, I am that unlovable. Yes, that yes. rejection. And that takes time. I've had situations like that. And that does take time. It takes prayer. It takes um, helping your children spiritually uh, come to know the Lord. And just with a lot of security and love uh, in prayer, it can be overcome in time. I want to give total encouragement and hope there. But it's a difficult um, situation to walk through. Um, but it can um, turn out well on the other side through prayer, patience, understanding, spiritual truth, and knowing who your heavenly Father is and the love of Jesus. And that takes time. That really takes time. And, you know, all of these things that we're talking about today, the principles to provide that insight for. You, as step families, you're able to thrive are so important today. So I hope you're listening, calling someone and saying, hey, this is a program that might be helpful to you, taking some notes and you can actually listen to it again uh, on podcasts. Uh, you can go to my website and todayslivinghope.org because these are important, important things to be able to move forward. Well, you know what? It's time to take that next break. But I want to tell you the next When we come back, we're going to talk about children are fiercely loyal to a biological parent and what that means and how that affects us to be a thriving step family. Hey, we're going to step aside. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Imagine your heart stops beating for 23 minutes and your loved ones are told you would either be brain dead or dead by the morning. I don't have to imagine that because it happened to me, but because of the power of prayer, I'm alive today. Hi, I'm Dominic Seccaroli, and as a result of my storm, total breakthrough was birthed. If you have a prayer request, send it today by going to our website, totalbreakthrough.org, and click on the prayer link at the top of the page. Thank you, and God bless. 
Today's Living Hope has been a blessing to you and so many WDCX listeners. Host Linda Penn is here for you as she continues to bring you the best in conversation every Saturday from 1 to 3 to help you find hope to fulfill your purpose and destiny for living. You've grown in your spiritual walk with the Lord and want to support the efforts of this incredible ministry. Learn more about how you can become a sponsor or advertising partner today. If you are a business or individual, you can donate to Today's Living Hope nonprofit organization. All donations are tax deductible. Visit todayslivinghope.org or call 716-906-4620. Today's Living Hope, empowering people with purpose and destiny. 2 Peter 1 and verse 4, I am giving exceeding great and precious promises, and by them I partake of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. Empowering you to minister to your world. Here's today's Living Hope. Hey, welcome back. My guest today is Laura Petherbridge from Stepmoms, and she is just an expert, has written so many books, and I really wanted to hit this topic um, to encourage how to have a thriving step family, even though there's difficulties and God has blended uh, two families together. Just some things we can learn uh, ahead of time to help us be prepared and give you success and a pathway to be able to move forward. So, Laura, our next um, topic in this thriving step family is children are fiercely loyal to a biological parent. Yes. It's so important to recognize this because um, even going back to what we were talking about in our last point, these two things connect together. So often, step-parents are shocked at how much a child will still gravitate, cry for, and long for the parent that has abandoned them or is treating them badly. And often, the step-parent will become very hurt when they try to fill that gap and that hole in the child's heart by being a good stepmom or a stepdad. And when the child still longs for their parent, when they're like killing themselves, trying to do everything they can to help the kid, the step parent can become very angry, very disillusioned, resentful. Um, I meet many step parents who just want to give up because the child is still grieving the loss of the biological parent who has abandoned them or has hurt them in some way. And so this is crucial for a remarriage couple to understand. The child's bond to their biological parent has nothing to do with how good of a parent you are or how good of a step-parent you are. A child craves the love of their parent because it identifies them. It's where they get their significance from when they're children. It's where they get their self-worth. Their sense of, I, I am worthy, I, I am significant, I have value, comes from the parent. So when a parent abandons, neglects, or leaves a child behind, and they're hearing those little voices that say, you're so unlovable, your own mother doesn't want you, we adults think, okay, so give the kid a stepmother, and then he'll feel loved. That's not how it works because that's not how a child's brain works, doesn't mean the the stepmother, stepparent, can't do things that will help to nurture the child, help them to heal. But what we have to remember is 
the step-parent did not create that wound in the child's heart, and the step-parent cannot fix that wound in the child's heart. Mm. Only God can do that. That's that's, a, that's an encouraging statement right there. Only God can do that. And I actually have worked with um, some step-families uh, over the years, and I have seen that happen in that healing and that security uh, and being able to move on from that in time. And that's where God, the Holy Spirit, prayer, patience, and just unconditional love really makes a difference in the timeline, doesn't it, um, Laura? I mean, yeah. it, it can happen, it, and it will it, happen oh, in time. Oh, yes. definitely. That's that's the God of who we serve, is the God Absolutely. of restoration, redemption, re, you know, resurrection. But what we're saying is in the meantime, yes. before the kid gets to that point, because that may take years, they, they may have to become an adult before they get there. The step-parent has to guard against becoming resentful towards oh, the child sure. for not embracing them or thanking them or being grateful for them. See, we think, oh, I've done all this work for you. Just yesterday, I was coaching a woman who's raised her stepdaughter, full-time stepmom, mom abandoned. She's raised this child. The daughter's now getting married in a couple of months. And mom has reappeared in the picture, and the child wants her mother to be the focus, not the stepmom. This stepmom is devastated, and she's angry because she's like, what do you mean? I'm the person that raised her. I'm the one who sat with her when she had a fever all night long. I'm the one that did all the work. I did the homework. Mm -hmm. I did the carpooling. I did everything. And now mom floats back into the picture. And now she's queen for the day? Wait a minute. <laughs> and so you see, that is where it's, you know, I often say I learned more about how to love like Jesus by being a step-parent than any other thing in my life, hmm. because it is one sacrifice after another. And it, You have to yes. learn. And surrender, isn't it surrendering and asking God for this help and give you um, a view of what it's like to even sit in the child's seat from yes. their point of view? If we could if we could do that and not be so personally feeling attacked in ourselves, no matter what it is, to understand where that child is coming from and the blend of family and the need for security um, and then allowing God, God works around us all the time, and he's an all time in space. And I think sometimes we don't rely on God's, we don't surrender that and say, oh my gosh, I don't have the wisdom. God, you need to step in here and um, get control or fix this in your way, and that we are looking to God for every part of it. And then when we acknowledge that and what he can do, you begin to see hope and some what I call wow moments to see actually God blending the family and starting to bring some reconciliation or some healing. So that's why God has to be in the picture as well in a relationship and taking your kids to church and, you know, relying on that, having some family devotions, having some prayer, because God is the healer of all things because he healed us in all things through our salvation. 
So it's yeah. possible, isn't it? It's beautiful. Oh, definitely. Well, I've had to do it many, many times. So that proves it's possible. I had to say, this is not about me. This is about his children. It is about his children's wounds. It is about their view of what they need from a mother and a father. Laura, this has absolutely nothing to do with you. Now, that doesn't mean my emotions and my feelings don't matter. It means I have to take those to God and to my prayer partners. I have to have stepmom sisters that that can weep with me over mm. these same griefs because it's normal. So when you feel rejected like that, in particular as a woman, in particular when you filled a mom role for these kids, and then all of a sudden they don't want you, that is a stab to the heart. It's it's not pride or arrogance. It's a it's a stab to our like I thought I was valuable, and now you're telling me I'm not, and so. Those, we, we can't shame the people for having, for the mm-hmm. step-parents, for mm-hmm. having these emotions. It's, it's normal human emotions. But we do teach them, okay, so I had to walk the stepmom through, okay, let's walk through these emotions that you're having. First of all, you had an expectation of this that you shouldn't have because this is her mother. She wants her mother. It's not that she's rejecting you. It's that she's embracing her mother. She doesn't care what her mother did in the past. She wants her mother on her wedding day. And so it takes a tremendous amount of maturity in Christ to be able to learn to not take that as a personal offense. And even if the stepchild completely rejects you, as the step parent and says, I don't want you to be a part of my family. And that does happen a lot. We have to say, you know what? My identity is in Christ. It's not in what my stepchild thinks of me. It's not even in what my spouse thinks of me. I am who God says I am because he died for me, because he loves me. And I'm going to keep being Christ-like to this person They may choose to embrace me at some point, or they may choose to keep me on the outside for the rest of their life. But that's not going to change how I'm going to treat them. Doesn't mean you can't set boundaries. I'm not saying you allow them to walk all over you, treat you badly, swear at you, hit you, cuss at you, because I do have ones that do that. I'm saying take a hold of your heart and your mind and make those things obedient to Christ so that you're responding in a Christ-like manner and not taking it so personally that it's crushing you. Wow, that is so insightful, um, Laura. And uh, that's why you are who you are, and God has placed you in the places that you have been to help to have and encourage thriving step families. And um, that's why you have written so many excellent books, of which I have used in um counseling couples as well it's uh, just so important because you know what there is hope if god lives on this earth and created this universe through jesus christ there is hope in any situation for healing reconciliation restoration for what god now has us in and what he has us for and you're right our identity is not in our circumstances our identity is our own personal growth and being in our relationship with jesus christ and that's so important so 
So step moms and dads should have personal quiet time. They should have a prayer life. They should um, really be looking at the scriptures. And you're right, having mentors and coaches for blended step families. And uh, that just tells me, Laura, I'm going to have to bring you here. <laughs> Sometime when you're here and you're in visiting yep. your family, we're going to have to do more because it's so important and it's so helpful for the, that to happen. Uh, I'm going to take a break just a little bit early because I want to be able to now, when we come back, talk about how the principle of parenting your own child. So we're stepping away for those beautiful endorsing sponsors of which we could not be on the air without. And we come back, we're going to talk more with Laura Petherbridge and we're talking about how to thrive in a step family. Don't go away. We'll be right back. And we have so much more to share with you. Imagine your heart stops beating for 23 minutes and your loved ones are told you would either be brain dead or dead by the morning. I don't have to imagine that because it happened to me, but because of the power of prayer, I'm alive today. Hi, I'm Dominic Seccaroli. I received a miracle that day, and as a result of my storm, total breakthrough was birth. My team and I have ministered to hundreds of thousands of people across the U.S. and Canada and have received tens of thousands of prayer requests. When you submit your prayer request, our team of partners not only will pray for you, but will also follow up with you by phone or email. God is still in the miracle working business, and I'm living proof of that. If you have a prayer request, I invite you to send it today by going to our website, totalbreakthrough.org, and click on the prayer link at the top of the page. That's totalbreakthrough.org. Thank you, and God bless. Did you know that God designed the body to heal and function on its own? Hi, I'm Jimmy, founder and owner of Synergy Nutrition and Wellness here in Western New York. We teach our patients how to thrive holistically with natural therapies and whole food supplements. If you've been suffering with health problems, it's time for a natural approach. You have the power to take control of your health. To schedule an appointment with a Synergy team member, please call us at 716-264-4248. You can also check us out online at 716synergy.com. Feeling alone, depressed, unsure of the next step? Just talking to someone who has been in your shoes, who knows what you're going through can make all the difference in the world. No problem too big or too small. In His Name Outreach has now added counseling through FaceTime, Skype, and various other options to meet your needs. We also offer classes remotely through a Zoom format. Come enjoy a class or counseling appointment from the comfort of your home. Call In His Name Outreach at 716-464-3681. For I know the plans I have for you, plans not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29 11. Feel like you're over your head with everyday life? You've come to the right place. It's Today's Living Hope with Linda Penn. Hey, thank you for being aboard with us today. I really appreciate that. And I know that you are probably taking some notes and really learning if you are a step family, a blended family, or you know of someone, these are some very helpful hints. Hey, I want to remind you that I have started a grief share um, group um, just because of loss of any loss and knowing people need to connect it is on monday nights at northgate christian church 5225 harris hill road it is 6 30 every monday night and if you need and feel like you need to be connected with people and processing grieving of any kind 
then I suggest that you show up this coming Monday night at 630 at Northgate Christian Community Church, 5225 Harris Hill Road in uh, Williamsville, 14221. Also, Christian Business Board, hey, we're having our next Face Live this coming Monday night, April the 19th at 7 o'clock. Christian Business Board, go on Facebook and you will see that John Camerato will be our speaker. He is local and it's how to live with the end in mind. He's just so many things as businessmen and women come together. You're going to want to catch him Monday night, April the 19th, 7 p.m. on Facebook Live. And you have to go in and register. You will be sent a link or you can do Facebook Live there. It will go out in podcasts. But uh, it is really taking off our new organization, Christian Business Board. And we have been so excited Uh, the gifted speakers that God has given us. Hey, I'm talking to Laura Petherbridge, and we're talking about how to thrive in a step family. We're going through several principles, understanding the formation process. The second marriage must become the first priority. Children are fiercely loyal to a biological parent, and now parent your own child. And I even have some questions about this, but Laura, help us understand this principle and how we can do this well in a blended family when it's not always easy not to discipline your own and you need to discipline the stepchild. Well, I think that Kevin Lehman was the first person I ever heard make this statement, and it actually was in Western New York at some conference, but it was when I still lived up there. He wasn't really using it in reference to this, but it still works. When he said, rules without relationship cause rebellion. Mm. Rules without relationship cause rebellion. And that could be the mantra for stepfamily living. Because what happens is a person gets married, man or woman, and they're often very exhausted from single parenting, because it is exhausting. And they get married with the idea, oh, goody, I'll marry Joe, and he can start disciplining my son who is bouncing off the walls. Hmm. And that is a huge mistake because rules without relationship cause rebellion. And the child doesn't see the child takes instruction from a parent because, number one, he or she has learned it from being little. Mom, Mom or dad saying no, 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 getting a consequence if they're a good parent, getting a consequence when they did that. But the child knows that doesn't change that mommy loves me. I might get mad at you. I might even say I hate you back to her for taking that away from me. But deep inside, because mommy or daddy has nurtured me since I was little, deep inside, I know they love me. Now, obviously, when they become teenagers, that kind of gets a little haywire. But I'm talking about a younger kid. And so there is a desire for the child to go back to mommy or daddy and and have that love bond with them after they've been disciplined. So they might get mad at the parent, you know, for, for discipline, but then they come running back to mom and dad's arms because they want that love from their parents. It's a hardwired bond. 
But you see, that isn't there with a step-parent. This person is an intruder. They are an outsider. And just because my mother or father married this person does not mean I feel safe with them. It does not mean I like them. It certainly doesn't mean I love them. As a matter of fact, kids typically view a step-parent as a threat. They view it as you're taking my parent away. You have stepped into a position that I used to have with my mother or father. We were this close, and now you're here, and now you're sleeping in the bed with my mother or my father. You're kissing my mother or my father. You now have this closeness with my parents. And I've already suffered a trauma of losing my family, and now you want to take my parent away from me? So that's how the child views this. And if the child only has one parent, if they, if they don't have both a mother and a father in the picture, if this was their only remaining parent, now you really got a problem because they've already lost the other parent. And now the step parent is threatening to take this parent from me. And now we're going to ask that step parent to come in and be the dictator, be the bully be the, you know, the ruler of the castle. Well, the kid has no relationship with that person. So it's they, really that's, it's really important to build that relationship and move very slowly and gain that trust and that respect, and that takes time. Um, it does take time. You have to move gradually into your levels of authority. Mm-hmm. And this is how I like to explain it. In the beginning... A step-parent has similar to what you would give a babysitter. I'm not saying they are a babysitter, because I get criticized for that. They are not a babysitter. Mm, But the same authority level is what you would give a babysitter. While mom and dad aren't there, yes, they're in charge, but the babysitter is only going to carry out what mom or dad said. Babysitter isn't making all the rules. Mm. The next level of authority would be similar to a coach, like a coach at a school, your football coach. This person has a more authority over you than a babysitter would, but they still have not replaced the parent. But the authority level has increased a little bit. You Mm -hmm. have to be respectful to that person. You have to obey them. The next level of authority would be like an aunt or a grandparent. They have more authority than the football coach, but they still do not usurp the parent's authority. The parent is still the ultimate authority in the child's life. And then gradually, over time, if this is done properly, and this takes years, this is not something that we're talking in months. This is, takes years to get to this place where the parent on some level can become as much of a parent as the actual parent. Now, there are a couple of scenarios where this does not apply. The first one would be when the children are very small, like we're talking under four, and the biological parent works full-time, and say it's a stepmom, and she is home with the children, full-time stay-at-home stepmom, 
and dad is working maybe shift work or something like that, it still has to be dad laying down the law and stepmom following that law, you know, coming alongside him as a partner. But she does have more authority because dad is gone so much. The other time this is true is when it's young children and the mother or father are in the military. And there is no other biological parent. It's, say, a full-time stepmom. Dad's in the military, and she's the only active Mm. parent. Mm -hmm. But it still has to be dad laying down the law and saying, this is your bedtime, this is when you have to do your homework, and my wife Susie is going to carry out my punishment if you don't do this. And so they have to unify as a couple. Here's the mistake step-parents make. Step-parents try to parent more than the parent, and it backfires every single time that I've, you know, obviously if somebody's going to call in and say, oh, it didn't, that didn't happen to us. Step-parents often try to get weak because they think the parent is being too lenient. So they're like, okay, I'm going to step in here and become the parent. But you see, that causes the child to pull mm-hmm. away from the step-parent, and it minimizes the parent's role in the family. It makes, in particular, the dad, it makes him spineless in the family if, say, the stepmom does that. He's got to be the one parenting his kids, and she's just coming alongside him uh, and vice versa. Okay. All right. These are such great principles, and thank you so much for explaining them at the detail that you are because that makes them really helpful and hopeful for us as we learn and be able to move forward. I want to be able to uh, – we're talking about – 12 different principles, so we're going to have to move forward here a little bit so we can uh, cover all of them in the two hours. Um, This has been so informative. I've been so thankful, and I I know this has been so important and crucial to our listeners out there if you have a step family, blended family, or about to step into that. But how about hurting people hurt people? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep, that is, you know, when you're in a step family, you're dealing with a lot of hurting people. There's just no way around it. And because every, like I said in the first point, everybody's carrying some form of grief, loss, anger, fear, resentment. There's emotions stirring underneath from the carried over from the first family Mm -hmm. this is even true if say one of the parents died and you know say mom dies and dad remarries and you know he just thinks his kids are just going to embrace this new woman into the into the family because their mother is dead many times the kids think well that's being disloyal to my mother she didn't put the Christmas tree up that way. You're putting you're putting a real tree up. My mother always did an artificial tree. That's disrespecting my mother. You're you're having a big family dinner on Christmas Eve and we always did it on Christmas Day. You're disrespecting my mother. And it it is those see those emotions run so deep. We don't even know they're there. Until the the, uh, wounded button has been pushed, and boy, then they come out and scream, don't they? (laughs) 
<laughs> well, or let's put yourself in the place of the stepmom sitting at Christmas dinner. We'll just use, uh, even though that's not the season we're in, but or I'll, I'll tell you, do this. Let's do a wedding since that is the season we're in. You know, the whole family's gathered around at somebody's wedding and you're all sitting there and all the kids start reminiscing about the time they all went to Uncle Joe's wedding and this crazy thing happened. And they're all sitting around talking about their parents when their parents were married and they had this fun vacation, this fun time together, this fun wedding. And their stepmom, she was never a part of any of that. She doesn't know what they're talking about. And instantly she starts feeling outside the circle Mm -hmm. because they're laughing and joking about all these memories they had together with the woman that went before her, either in a divorce or a death. And now she's like, I'm not really connected to any. They have all these family ties that I'm not a part of. And it's very easy to start feeling, I don't belong here. And then if you add in-laws, very often the new the mother-in-law or the father-in-law or sister-in-law will not embrace the new partner, whether it's a new husband or a new wife. They don't want to they don't want to get to know a new husband or a new wife. Maybe they're still friends with the old husband or wife. And they've kept a friendship with that person. Maybe it's grandma and grandpa and they don't want to like the new wife because they're afraid if they don't stay close to the ex-wife, they're not going to get to see their grandkids anymore. And so they're terrified they're going to lose their grandkids. So they'll throw the new wife under the bus (laughs) because she's not nearly as important as those grandkids are. Yep. Do you see where yes. there's so many emotions here? There's so many people in the mix that we have to take into consideration. And that's what makes you such a successful speaker for us because you've been married 35 years with Blended Family and you're teaching your your the books you have written. You know there's hope on the other side. You know it is all possible to have with hard work, prayer, and unconditional love you can have a thriving step family. And um, it is important to listen to these principles, but yet then apply. And I would say you're going to have to pick up some of these books that are written by um, Laura. And you also co-authored Step Families with, I just forgot his name. Ron Deal. Ron Deal. And we will refer to them at the end of our program today. It is at the top of the hour, and that means we need to take another break. We have four or five more principles to go, and I want you to be sure and stay for the rest of them because that in these other principles are, are more hope and encouragement and reality that we can move forward and have a thriving step family. So don't go away, but we'll be right back with Laura Pratherbridge. And this is today's Living Hope with your host, Linda Penn. Imagine your heart stops beating for 23 minutes and your loved ones are told you would either be brain dead or dead by the morning. I don't have to imagine that because it happened to me, but because of the power of prayer, I'm alive today. Hi, I'm Dominic Seccaroli. I received a miracle that day, and as a result of my storm, 
total breakthrough was birthed. My team and I have ministered to hundreds of thousands of people across the U.S. and Canada and have received tens of thousands of prayer requests. When you submit your prayer request, our team of partners not only will pray for you, but will also follow up with you by phone or email. God is still in the miracle working business, and I'm living proof of that. If you have a prayer request, I invite you to send it today by going to our website, totalbreakthrough.org, and click on the prayer link at the top of the page. That's totalbreakthrough.org. Thank you, and God bless. Building your faith and finding hope one day at a time. It's Today's Living Hope with Linda Penn. Hey, thanks for stopping by today. Today's Living Hope on your local radio station. And wow, do we have, we go everywhere. We're streaming worldwide. We're on podcasts. We're on four stations. This same program will air from four to six later today on two other stations. And we're so thankful that you have decided to stop by. We are talking about how to have a thriving step family. And my guest is Laura Petherbridge, author, speaker, international, written books. And she really is a great mentor, a great coach coach and has been in many key places to help couples how to have a thriving step family. I do want to cover these other principles and I do I will tell you at the end of the program some of you may have questions or you want to contact Laura we're going to give you that information so you can um, email her and we're going to also um, name some you can go on Amazon and find her books just put her name in Laura Petherbridge P-E-T-H E-R-B-R-I-D-G-E. So we're moving along here, Laura. If I'm happy and my kids are happy, right? If I'm happy, my kids are happy, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a myth. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah. um, parents, parents, unfortunately, have this idea that, um, you know, if they're romantically in love and in a new relationship and they're running around the house singing... <laughs> If they're singing love songs and watching a lot of romantic comedies, that their kids are going to be happy about that. <laughs> and the reality is kids are self-centered. Kids kids don't really think about their parents' happiness that much. They think about their own happiness. <laughs> well, we see and sometimes so, they really test the system and try to conquer and divide, don't they? Oh, definitely. That's usually their goal. <laughs> yes. Is, you know, they're testing to see how actually how unified th- that you are with your spouse. Mm-hmm. That's really what they want to know. They want to know how firm is this foundation? Because the last one fell apart. So I'm testing. I'm not going to trust this one until I see whether this one's going to fall apart too. And so. That's partly what what they're saying in all of that. And so this whole idea that our children are going to be happy with a remarriage, you know, it's so interesting because if you ask almost any step couple, they will tell you that before the wedding, the kids were all eager for them to get married. They were like, oh, daddy's happy. He's got a new woman. Mommy's happy. She's not crying anymore. She doesn't feel lonely anymore. She's so glad she met Joe. And we're so happy he's in our life and, you know, all of this. And then the wedding occurs. And if I had a dollar for every step family that has sent sent me an email or talked to me and said, 
one of the kids was audibly crying during the ceremony. Oh, what no. Yes, I know. I've about? seen it. Yep. And what it is, is the child is realizing they're moving from the front seat to the back seat. And I don't care how little they are. I like to tell this story about my brother and his wife. It was a second marriage for him. She had two kids. He has two kids. And they got married. And they, her kids love my brother. They, as to this day, they've been married 20-some years. They love, they love my brother. Her son was about four or five the day of the wedding, right, right in there somewhere. And the day of the wedding, just before the ceremony, I can remember little Ian burying her, his head into her wedding gown, grabbing a hold of her wedding gown with all the tenacity he could muster up in his little hands, saying, Mommy, stay plain. Stay plain, Mommy. Don't get married. Stay plain. And see, that was his little five-year-old word for, I don't like this. Mm -hmm. This is changing. This is changing. Now, it wasn't because he didn't like Mark. He loves my brother. But he knew he was losing a part of his mother. He knew that his mom becoming one flesh in marriage meant that he was no longer in the front seat. That, that, that he had been moved to a different position and that, you know, my mommy and Mark are now this united front, and I'm no longer in that driver's seat in her life. She's got a man there now, and I don't like it because they feel that they've been pushed. They feel like they've been pushed out, mm -hmm. and so the parent has to consistently say to the child, yes, I'm getting married. I love Susie. I love Joe. But that doesn't mean I don't love you. My feelings for you will not change. Yes, Susie and I are going to now be sleeping in the master bedroom together. That's true. And, you know, you got to stay in your room. You, you know, there's all these logistical things you have to go through sometimes with the marriage. But you, you have to consistently tell the child they have not been emotionally moved out of your heart but that you do now have a spouse that is in a primary position. And let me say this very clearly. If you hear nothing else from this show but this one statement, if you are not ready to move your child from the front seat to the back seat, you are not ready to get remarried. Mm. I am not saying they get thrown in the trunk I am not saying they get tied to the roof. I am not saying they get thrown out of the car. I am saying that many people get remarried and they are not ready to move their child from the front seat to the back seat. You know, can, And you can get help for uh, that. You oh, can, absolutely. You know, I, I do coaching for that very thing. Let me teach you how to do that. Well, and also kids are very uh, fair-minded. And they know, and they are, are sensitive, and they know fairness, and they know, they also know manipulation. They're very sensitive. So for them to feel secure for that fairness and that assurance and that 
quality of security that needs to be blended is extremely important. Preparing them for that marriage, um, not just saying you're going to do it, but make sure the children are coming along with that. And that's where some good premarital counseling happens for uh, families that are going to be blended. And it's so very important for the success because all we all know blended families where it has worked out and it has been good. And we've known it takes time, which that's our next thing. Step families take time, but it can work when we realize the process takes longer than perhaps we thought. Correct, Laura? Yeah. <laughs> People think step families are going to bond within a few months. And so they might want to get out the smelling salts when I tell them exactly <laughs> how <laughs> The average step family, and this, there's a lot of factors that play into mm-hmm, this, but mm-hmm. the, the average step family takes seven years. Before people in that step family start to view each other as related. And there are things that can occur that will make this happen a little faster. And there are things that can make it take 20 years. So it depends on how everybody's responding. The second factor in this is that children embrace, young and old children, embrace a stepdad much more easily than they do a stepmom. The stepdad is often viewed as a benefit in the child's life, where the stepmom is often viewed as an intruder in the child's life. Now, there's a couple reasons for this. Number one, the child may be feeling that their own biological mom is getting thrown under the bus by embracing the stepmom. And so if they feel in any way that their own biological mother is being slighted or financially not compensated for, or if there's anything where they feel mom is not getting a fair shake, they are going to reject the stepmom for that reason. Now, sometimes the biological mom is telling the kids to do that. <laughs> yes. Not that, yes. A bio, not, not that a biological dad can't do the same thing, but it's much more among the women. Women compete with each other much more than men do. And so you, you will find catfight between the mom and the stepmom 10 times more than you will the dad and a stepdad. Because men just don't get get all ruffled up about things like we women do. You know, they're kind of like, oh, okay, you don't want me at the wedding? Oh, well, it's all right. I'll stay home and watch ESPN. They don't care. Where women, stepmom, you don't want to invite her to the wedding? Oh, my gosh, it's the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And so, there, so men and women think about all of this very, very differently. So... It's not uncommon that, especially if, like, single-parent mom, she meets a nice guy, they get married, all of a sudden, the kids aren't living in an apartment anymore. They're living in a nice house. All of a sudden, they couldn't buy those nicer sneakers, but now that mom's gotten remarried, oh, yeah, now we get to get the nice sneakers. Oh, we used to only go to McDonald's. Now we get to go have pizza every Friday night. And so... Stepdad often is viewed as elevating their life circumstance, where they don't view that with a stepmom. 
Not always, but frequently. Mm. That's why I wanted you on the program, Laura, is because we need to understand the full aspects of that so we move forward. Because I think we are caught off guard in blended families and getting married. And there hasn't been that um, good premarital counseling of, of understanding. Or if you haven't had a chance to really heal from the previous marriage, which we really suggest... Go through divorce care. Don't rush things. Don't, um, you know, don't do things on the rebound and know how to healthily. Is that a word? Healthily? (laughs) I just made a new word. (laughs) We'll We'll, make it a word. (laughs) We'll make it a word because this is so critically important because we're raising children in the next generation. And if we bring that wound in us, we just create and it takes it to the next generation. And there's ways to do this. Um, a lot better than we've been doing. And that's why you have books. That's why I wanted to talk about this on the radio. And I didn't want a short program. So we totally understand that there's hope, that there's care, that there's things that you can do. And don't take this stuff personally. This is a time for you to grow in your own maturity with the Lord through prayer. It says in James, if you lack wisdom, pray for it and don't doubt like a a wave in the sea tossing back and forth. Know that God has answers for you. He has resources for you. And he's, as he blends that together, he knows it's going to take time and everybody's going to get a chance to be healed emotionally and to grow in their own maturity as they move forward in this thriving, blended family. Would you agree, Laura? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and it, it, you know, God's patient with us. He, yes. he works with us. <laughs> Aren't we glad? <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> well, that brings us to our I, that brings us to our not a next break. And um, when we come back, we're going to talk about it's a Jesus kind of love, isn't it? In this blended family. Hey, this is today's Living Hope with your host Linda Penn, and I'm talking with Laura Petherbridge. And don't go away. We got a few more really good points and some resources for you as we move forward in this second hour of today's Living Hope. For years, you've been suffering with health problems. You've seen one doctor after another, but your symptoms haven't gone away. It's time to seek a natural solution. When the right combination of natural health therapies and whole food supplements join forces, you have Synergy. Hi, I'm Jimmy, founder and owner of Synergy Nutrition and Wellness here in Western New York. At Synergy, we teach our patients how to thrive holistically because God designed the body to heal and function on its own. Your body's ability to heal is greater than anyone has permitted you to believe. We have successfully helped patients battling health issues like acid reflux, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, autism, autoimmune disease, infertility, and much, much more. You can take control of your health without relying on medications or surgeries. Get rid of the pain, depression, exhaustion, and so much more and start living the life you were meant to live. And it starts with a simple phone call. To make an appointment with a Synergy team member, please call us at 716-264-4248. You can also check us out online at 716synergy.com. In His Name Outreach is a nonprofit, faith-based counseling and community resource center. In His Name Outreach provides a network of support using biblical principles to help you overcome and find freedom from prevalent issues like anxiety, stress, and the devastation of addiction. You can also choose from a variety of options such as certified coaching, recovery services, counseling, and so much more. The experienced staff specializes in the three E's 
education, encouragement, and empathizing to build and restore brokenness. In His Name Outreach is here to help you get back on track so that you can be the person that God has meant for you to be. Check out the upcoming classes to step into the new field of peer advocacy. You can transform a life. To schedule your life-changing appointment, call today at 716-464-3681. That's 716-464-3681 or visit iknow.org. For I know the plans I have for you. Plans not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah 29 11. Welcome to 600 River Road Apartments and Townhouses, where waterfront living meets luxury and comfort. Centrally located between Buffalo, New York and Niagara Falls. Call us today at 716-587-8700 or visit us on the web at 600river.com. Experience life on the water at 600 River Road. Feeling lost and confused about things? Here's today's Living Hope. Hey, welcome back. We are talking about how to have a thriving step family, and we're blending and giving families the opportunity to learn and hear today, and I hope you're taking notes, and um, I really want to know from you if um, something a little bit further down in the future, um, summer, uh, um, even fall, uh, if you would love to have Laura come here in this area and let's do a conference and really uh, have a location where we can have people and we can have coaching, we can have mentoring. And you can let me know that by just emailing me, Linda, at todayslivinghope.org. Well, we're going to continue our, our conversation with Laura and we're going through some principles that have been so helpful for us so far and thank you for just you explaining things as well as you are Laura I so appreciate that and I know our listeners do too and I know we didn't have time to take questions because I really want to cover this but we can uh, we'll give your website at the end so they can get a hold of you our next principle it's a Jesus kind of love isn't it yeah it really is. I, I wouldn't still be married. I mean, you mentioned we've been married 35 years. That's very rare for step families. Two out of three remarriages fail. So, uh, and children are the number one reason why they fail. The tension over the children and the parenting that the two feel they parent differently. So, you know, and I, I don't say that to be discouraging. You know, people hear that sometimes and they think, oh, you're being negative. But what I'm the reason I'm sharing it is don't let that be you. Go go get help for this. Learn mm-hmm. how to have a thriving step family. I'm trying to prevent divorces. I'm not, I'm not being hopeless. I'm saying you've got to learn how to navigate this if you want your marriage to survive. You know, lots of times we don't face the reality of what's going on and we let the elephant stay, the elephant stay in the room until they blow up. But let's face the reality of truth and get help because God put this family together to be blended and uh, to honor him and to make disciples. So when we have things in his perspective and we're willing to grow and mature ourselves, he brings healing and success. There's just n- that, no way around that. That, right. that is the main principle you have to just put underneath all of this as your foundation. Yep. And so my stepsons were 11 and 13 when Steve and I got married. They did not want or need a stepmother. They had had their dad, you know, mom and dad been divorced seven years. They spent a lot of time with their dad. 
they were perfectly happy to throw the pizza box under the sofa, you know, and <laughs> that was life with dad. And so, you know, Laura comes along and I want them to sit at the table and eat turkey and mashed potatoes, you know. <laughs> and so they're like, who is this woman and why is she here? Um, so anyway, you know, it was not easy. It was very hard and it was very different than how I was raised. You know, I was raised in a single parent home. My parents divorced when I was eight, but my mother was exceedingly strict, old fashioned Irish Catholic. Like you didn't even look sideways at my mother. And, you know? and so you didn't talk back. You didn't say you didn't like some food or something. So I was not used to the way my husband was parenting his kids. It was totally different than how I was raised. And I thought he was wrong. I was like, oh, mm, 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 this is not, you're not being strict enough. You're not, you know. And so, you know, you can imagine how well that went over when I would mention that I thought he was being too wimpy with his kids. And so that was creating tension between us. And so I had to finally, after a little bit, you have to realize this was back in 1985. There were no resources. There were no Christian resources, but there weren't even sure. any secular resources on this subject. And so I did start praying a lot because I knew my marriage is not going to make it if I don't change. These are his kids, his parenting. I've got to figure out how to do this. And so I went to God. I was pretty young Christian. I was a baby Christian. And I went to God and I just said, if you don't teach me how to be a godly stepmother, it's going to get very ugly around here. You know, I think that's one. It's a very good point, because I think sometimes even in the blended in the step family that we think the other person, the step family person that came in, the spouse, whether it's the dad or the mom, thinks that person has to change to blend. And actually, it takes both of you changing to make a successful blended family. Yes. Well, and I knew I couldn't change him. Yes. You know, he, how he was deciding he was going to parent, I had to get to a place where I understood that is not my business. If that is how he feels God is calling him to parent, that's between him and God. I cannot get in the middle of that because I am not the mother of these children. They have a mother. It is not me. Now, that doesn't mean I let them treat me badly or disrespect me or, you know, hit me or call me, swear at me or anything like that. There were boundaries. But um, and his kids really were very good compared to a lot of what I work with today with a lot of couples. His kids, you know, didn't do any of those things, tried to do those things to me. But I really had to just go to God and say, you know what, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I I want to get out of this because the tension is so stressful, not because I didn't love my husband, but because I didn't want this to be the rest of my life. Like, mm -hmm. this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I thought my life was going to be. And that is the number one thing that stepmoms say to me. I had no idea this is what my life was going to be. And so I, I can relate to them because that's where I was. And I began praying, God, teach me. Teach me how to do this in a godly manner. 
Well, here's where God uses all the pieces of our past. Because I was a child of divorce. I had two stepmoms. I had a stepdad. I knew exactly what it Mm. felt like to be a kid of divorce. And so God used those broken pieces of my past to remind me, teach me, grow me, heal me, give me insight. And I began praying, Lord, help me to see these children through your eyes, not through stepmom eyes, not through eyes that want them to behave better, not through eyes that want to parent them differently. Give me eyes to see these children how you see them. Oh, amen. Because then I'll see their hurts, their wounds, mm. their pain. I'll, I'll, I'll begin to understand why they're saying and doing the things that they are. Because, you see, often kids say and do things that are totally opposite of what they're really thinking and feeling. They don't have the skills. Their brain isn't developed enough yet. to. So when a kid says, oh, my stomach hurts, my stomach hurts, my stomach hurts, often it's, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared, or Mm -hmm. I don't like this, I don't like this. But they don't know how to express that, so it comes out in other ways. That's what I love about the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, Laura, that's what I love about the Holy Spirit, because when we ask for help and we ask, teach me, that's exactly what he does. And we're talking about the supernatural benefit of the Holy Spirit in us. And I don't want our listeners to miss this because we're dealing with how we feel. We're dealing with emotions. We're dealing with woundedness. We're dealing with I don't know how. We're dealing with anger. And yet there's a whole spiritual plane here that God knows how to blend a blended family. So he must be first in our life. And if parents first surrender and walk that out in truth and teach the children in love, this is, God doesn't want that divorce rate of that blended family to increase. He wants to stop it in this generation. Yep. Absolutely. It is possible. It is doable. But we have to be teachable. We have to stop thinking we already know how to make this work and listen and read resources and attend events that can teach us how to do it differently. Mm-hmm. Yes. I totally agree. So in, yeah. it, in that prayer, what God started working on is he revealed to me the broken places in my own heart and soul that were causing me to react the way that I was towards Steve's kids, Steve's kids. And that began the healing process for me. Wow. No wonder you've written so many books. <laughs> I mean, thank you for sharing what God has taught you with others. And we can stop this cycle of just what's happening and what's going on. I'm going to take our next break because I really want to be able to cover the rest of the things before we get to the top of the hour. When we come back, we're also going to talk about step parents can really fill a void in this whole discovery of how to blend a family. We're going to step aside for those endorsing sponsors that I'm so thankful they keep us on the air, plus your donations. 
uh, you can go to my website, todayslivinghope.org, and donate um, to keep us on the air and be able to continue not only the radio program, but all the expenses underneath, website and all the things. And if you need counseling, you can contact me on my website, todayslivinghope.org, and I will connect with you. And I do counseling. I have an office in my home, and I'm also within His Name Outreach Counseling Center, Recovery and Training Center, and there's counselors there as well. We're going to step aside. We'll be right back with more of How to Have a Thriving Step Family with Laura Petherbridge. Don't go away. Imagine your heart stops beating for 23 minutes and your loved ones are told you would either be brain dead or dead by the morning. I don't have to imagine that because it happened to me, but because of the power of prayer, I'm alive today. Hi, I'm Dominic Seccaroli, and as a result of my storm, total breakthrough was birthed. If you have a prayer request, send it today by going to our website, totalbreakthrough.org, and click on the prayer link at the top of the page. Thank you, and God bless. Today's Living Hope has been a blessing to you and so many WDCX listeners. Host Linda Penn is here for you as she continues to bring you the best in conversation every Saturday from 1 to 3 to help you find hope to fulfill your purpose and destiny for living. You've grown in your spiritual walk with the Lord and want to support the efforts of this incredible ministry. Learn more about how you can become a sponsor or advertising partner today. If you are a business or individual, you can donate to Today's Living Hope nonprofit organization. All donations are tax deductible. Visit todayslivinghope.org or call 716-906-4620. Today's Living Hope, empowering people with purpose and destiny. Feeling lost and confused about things? Here's Today's Living Hope. Hey, welcome back. Talking to Laura Petherbridge about how to have a thriving step family and we are on step parents can fill a great void in the family's lives yes well that's that was one of the big steps that god helped me to see as he really began helping me to pray lord let me become for my stepsons what they need not what i wanted See, I wanted to us to have this family, this dream of this family. And that's part of what was hard for me as I was realizing that's really not going to happen. First of all, they don't view me that way. They, to them, I am their father's wife. I am not related to them. I am their father's wife. And you know what? That's okay. It's totally okay if they don't want me to be any more than that. It, we get into trouble when we try to force the kids to view the step-parent as an extended family member because very often that feels awkward to them. It feels like a betrayal to their biological parent. And we say things like, oh, a kid can never have too many parents. That's how adults feel. It's not how kids feel. Kids are perfectly content just having one mother and one father. As a matter of fact, having more than that complicates their life frequently. So we need to recognize we're doing that to make ourselves feel good, not really for the benefit of the children. And I know there are going to be people that disagree with me about that. But I had to get to a place of where it was okay for me to be dad's wife and recognize, you know what? 
what's the best dad's wife I can be for these kids? And so I began praying about that. I began saying, you know what, Lord, let me study my stepkids and, and think about what do they need? What are some things I can give to them that their mom or dad can't? What are areas where I'm talented, where their parents might not be? What are things they can come to me for if they want to mm-hmm. that they don't really go to their parents for? I love it when one of my coaching clients calls me and says, I just wanted to tell you that the one sticks, my, the first one sticks out in my mind where a stepmom called me and she said, my stepson just called me and asked me if I would take his prom pictures. And I said, really? And he, she said, yes. She goes, he knows I'm a really good photographer. He doesn't want his mother or father there because he knows they're going to cry and make a, you know, blubber all over him and make a big deal about it. So he asked me, hey, will you come and take my prom pictures? Because we want some really great pictures, but I don't want my mother and my father embarrassing me. And she just was, she didn't dare like gloat about it to her husband because he was feeling a little slighted, but she was the one that the stepkid called and said, I want you. I want you in my life to do this. And see, my stepsons have gradually over the years embraced me in certain areas mm. of their life. One of those happened naturally. They got married. Each of them had a child. The biological mom didn't really want to be a grandma. So... I became the Nana. They fully embraced me loving on their child. And, of course, this child only knows me as Nana. They don't know me as a step-Nana because I've been in their life since they were born. Mm -hmm. So this paved way. This was a perk of me not giving up on this marriage and me hanging in there and learning to love like Jesus, letting the Holy Spirit teach me when to speak, when to keep silent, when to step in, when to step back, when to be apart, when to let go and let my husband mm. just do it and not include me. See, that's another piece we've got to learn how to do. Let your spouse go do things with their kids without you. They want their parent to themselves, in particular, when they're older. And so when I learned to step back and stop expecting to be included in everything and go find other things that meet the need in me and that God wants me to do, ministry needs, things that God had created me to do, that if I'm always constantly there, you know, trying to make this work with my stepfamily, I'm missing those opportunities. And and so become healthier, become more stable, become less needy of being included in everything. And that gave them the freedom to say, hey, Laura, come be Nana to my child. And who doesn't love somebody that loves on their kid? Of course they're mm-hmm. going to. So my becoming a Nana to their kids, built a bridge with my stepson that nothing else could have. Now, not every step-parent gets that opportunity. Hmm. Sometimes the, the parent won't allow that. 
I think sometimes so, too, when we when we feel like perhaps we failed in the previous marriage, when we come in with such a new beginning and a new hope, that we think we have to do it perfectly, and we are mm-hmm. we actually are are overachievers at that and not relying at God. And you know what? We ourselves cannot do it perfectly. No one, the only person that's been perfect is Jesus Christ and God and the Holy Spirit. So I think we we really need to have some wisdom and some prayer and some healing and some understanding, some premarital counseling for blended families, do some reading and actually be proactive in this to actually get a better picture of how to bring a slow balance of respect and love for each person and um, trying for God's sake through the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure I said that that well, but for the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit to give us that peace and love and care and let him handle it. And uh, that's a level of maturity. But if we do some, you know, proactive work and prayer and thinking, just the things that you have learned are so helpful and beneficial that that second marriage doesn't have to crash and burn. No, it does not. It does not. And I'm living proof because mine should have. Mine should have died because of all the stressors. That, that, but I just dug in my heels and said, God, you're going to teach me. I know you want to teach me how to do this. And I'm willing to learn. It's not going to be easy. And it took a long time. And it took a lot of healing in my own personal journey. Laura's wounds had to, had to get healed. But I am living proof that this can survive if you are willing to do it God's way instead of your way. Well, and I've got to ask a a question then, because all of us, the thing that gets us when we are dealing with our own feelings, we toss God out and we take matters into our own hands through hurt, woundedness, or just wrong identity for ourselves, or realizing that my identity's in Christ, but I've made it all about the circumstances. Um, Laura, how did you handle the pride how did you handle the humility that was needed so God could grow you and be teachable? Mm, I think I had to recognize that my pride was connected to my woundedness, that those two things were connected, that because I felt so unlovable, mm. and see, this is where during my healing time, Yep. And I did I did this message at one of your events, Linda, yes. the, my Who's Your Daddy message. Yes. And that was my journey to freedom. See, I let Jesus save me, but I wouldn't let him love me for a very long time. Oh, say that again. Say that again. I, I let Jesus save me, but I would not let him love me for a very long time. And I didn't even know it. Hmm. Fear was keeping me from letting God in that deeply. Because I was afraid. I had been so abandoned, so wounded, so hurt as a child that I had this wall of fear that was up. And see, that would manifest itself in pride because I always had my dukes up and I'm going to fight and I'm going to be right and I'm not going to let you hurt me and I've got to be in control because I'm so busy keeping you from hurting me. And so as God started to peel away 
the pain and the wounds from my childhood that had formed all of these thoughts in mm-hmm. my head. The, as the healing became and I finally let him in, I can remember saying out loud to him one night, if I let you in, if, if I let you love me and you abandoned me too, I won't make it. I won't make it. Hmm. And so I remember that moment of release where I trusted him enough, where I opened my hands and heart and mind, and I let God tell me, I love you, Laura, not because of what you do. You can go sit in that corner for the rest of your life and do nothing. And it will not change how much I love you. I love you because I'm crazy about you. You're mine. I created you. You know how you look at your niece when she was born and you just fell in love with her in two seconds? That's how I feel Mm -hmm. about you, Laura. I'm crazy in love with you. And there's nothing you will ever do that will stop that. Stop thinking I'm going to leave you, Laura, because I'm not. And so once I let God started wooing me with that kind Mm. of love, and it went that deep, and it went that secure, and see, I no longer wanted to sin. I no longer wanted to be prideful. I no longer would let that stuff in because it would separate me from that love. Not because I had to march and obey him. It was because I I am so passionately in love with you. I don't want to be separated from my daddy. He's protecting me. And so as that occurred, it melted the pride, the arrogance, mm. the need to be right, the need to be heard, the need to be recognized. And see, he knew that being in full-time ministry, that people were going to stab me. I've had Christians stab me 10 times more than I have people in the world stab me. And I'm telling you, it's easier to take from the world than it is from your brother and sister. Uh, Laura, that's a whole nother program. (laughs) Listen, I can, yeah, I can relate to that one. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, So that's how God healed me of that, and it floated Mm. then over into my role as a wife. I became a better wife. I became a better stepmom. Mm. I became a better sister. I became a better employee. I became a better everything when I discovered who my daddy was. Yes. And I let him love me. It no longer was about memorizing Bible verses and marching, you know, to the Christian drum. It was no longer about performing for God. It was about letting him love me like he loves, and then I became transformed. My mind began thinking like Jesus thinks, and that's what healed me. Mm. Amen. Amen. I'm going to take that next break, because when we come back, I want to talk about step-siblings 
and how they and half-siblings bond together. And then we want to finish up with Hope Abounds and give us resources and titles of um, books. So I'm going to take this next uh, endorsing sponsor break. And hey, did you know that if you want an appointment with Synergy Nutrition and Wellness, if you mentioned today's Living Hope, your first consultation is totally free. It's a $150 value just to see if they can help you and you guys can match as a fit on how to improve your health. We'll be right back. Did you know that God designed the body to heal and function on its own? Hi, I'm Jimmy, founder and owner of Synergy Nutrition and Wellness here in Western New York. We teach our patients how to thrive holistically with natural therapies and whole food supplements. If you've been suffering with health problems, it's time for a natural approach. You have the power to take control of your health. To schedule an appointment with a Synergy team member, please call us at 716-264-4248. You can also check us out online at 716synergy.com. Feeling alone, depressed, unsure of the next step? Just talking to someone who has been in your shoes who knows what you're going through can make all the difference in the world. No problem too big or too small. Inazim Outreach has now added counseling through FaceTime, Skype, and various other options to meet your needs. We also offer classes remotely through a Zoom format. Come enjoy a class or counseling appointment from the comfort of your home. Call Inazim Outreach at 716-464-3681. For I know the plans I have for you, plans not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah 2911. That nervous feeling you get in your stomach is God telling you to join the conversation. Give Linda a call at 1-800-684-2848 or 883-5000. Hey, I wanted to tell you to get in contact with me. I gave you the wrong email. It is Linda K. Penn, Linda K. Penn, P-E-N-N, at gmail.com. And I want to give you the website um, for Laura, uh, and it is the smartstepmom.com and that would be a capital T then a capital S for smart a capital S for stepmom.com let's finish up here siblings um, and half siblings often bond and then I just want to bring a summary and talk about some of your books as we get to the top of the hour Laura sure yeah that's that's an interesting topic it's about siblings and step siblings and half siblings and I have all three. I have one biological brother. I have two stepbrothers from when my dad remarried the first time. He adopted her two children that she had from a previous marriage. So they are my stepbrothers. And then my dad and his second wife had a baby together. So I have a half brother. And so um, I've experienced, you know, all pieces of that. And in my years of working with step families, it, it's interesting because some step siblings bond very well. They enjoy it. They want it. They they want to be included in each other's lives. They remain close for years. I mentioned my brother earlier on the show. Um, he and his current wife, they each have two kids. And those four kids, you would never know they are not biologically related. They call each other brother and sister. Mm. They view each other's kids as nieces and nephews. So that scenario worked out very, very well. I think what went well for them is both my brother and his wife had full-time custody of their kids. 
So these kids weren't going to another home often. They were all four of them under the same roof the majority of the time, probably 85% of the time. So they either learned to get along or they were going to kill each other. <laughs> they are also very close in age. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, so you know, that's a scenario of where it worked out beautifully, and I'm so happy for them because they really go on any of my Facebook stuff. You'll see I post pictures of all four of them. Mm. Um, sometimes adding an hours baby, so that's a baby that the biological parent and the step-parent have together, an hours baby, sometimes that baby can cause the kids to feel like they don't belong anymore. They can view it in particular when it's dad. So when dad and new wife add a baby, it is not uncommon for his kids to start viewing their dad as, oh, so you have a new wife, you have a new baby, you've created a new family. We're not in that circle. You've created your own new little family And we don't belong in that circle anymore. We feel tossed outside of that circle. And sometimes the kids will stop coming to visit dad. They will stop um, engaging with the baby. They won't want to have anything to do with the baby. They'll Mm. shun the baby completely. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the parents have to be careful not to get mad at the kids for doing that. Because that is all just because they're feeling... You know, we'll often say, oh, they're just being little brats. They don't want to share. They don't want to embrace this new little baby, such a cute baby. How come they won't take them? On, take this child on as their brother or sister? Well, that's because it's triggering an emotion in them that's causing pain. We view it as them being brats, but it's not. It's triggering something in them that's causing hurt. And so the answer to that is the biological parent has to spend more time with his kids, his or her kids from the previous marriage, do some one-on-one with those kids because the kids are feeling ostracized. And the only cure for that is for dad to schedule, you know, every Saturday they go to breakfast together or every Friday night it's pizza Mm -hmm. night with dad or, you know, where they can feel like we haven't lost our father to this new family. And the stepmom has got to allow that and not view it as her husband shunning the new baby. So it's very complicated and it takes time and it does take nurturing And sometimes, over time, as the stepkids grow, they often will embrace that hours baby later on in life. Even if they didn't as younger kids, it really depends. If the couple makes the baby like the crown prince, then everybody's going to resent this kid. Mm -hmm. Both the biological kids in the home and the stepkids in the home. If the baby becomes the center focus of everything, then the children are going to be resentful of that. So it's it's making sure they don't turn that child into an idol. Um, absolutely, absolutely. I do think sometimes, too, as non-biological kids are both in the family, 
with a blended family. I just want to tell some of our listeners out there who have step families and these kids are starting to be um, teenagers and stuff. Sometimes because they know they're not biological, um, they get a little too friendly with each other. And that Mm -hmm. needs to be watched with accountability and care and don't assume anything but be protective of your children. So, Laura, where does our hope lie? Where is that hope Mm -hmm. as we live that out um, in a Christian family? And um, for our listeners out there, he wants your family to thrive even more than you do. Because that's who Jesus is. So just in a summary and concluding, and I still want to give some titles of some of your books. The keys to a thriving family are discovering the issues. What else? Yep. It is knowing that God loves step families. Yes. Don't let a church or a pastor or somebody you hear on the radio or somebody. I'm so glad you're doing this show, Linda, because it's so needed. The church is very, very weak in the area of ministering to step families. Yes. And that gives step families the impression that, that they are less than. And so because there's often a divorce in the past, they already are carrying shame or ridicule or maybe maybe even they were the one that got an unbiblical divorce. They may be the one that had the affair that broke up the marriage Um, You know, they may be carrying a great deal of shame and anger and hurt and resentment, Mm -hmm. and now they've formed a stepfamily, and so they go to church, but they don't tell anybody they're a stepfamily. So this happens a lot. I meet pastors that'll go, I don't think we have any stepfamilies in our church. And I say, oh, they're there. Trust me, they're there. Mm -hmm. They're just not telling you they're a stepfamily. And so, and the other point is, if you don't have any step families, you need to ask yourself why, because there's more step families in the United States today than there are biological families. So, if you don't have step families, you need to be as a leader. You need to be asking yourself, how come we're not drawing those people? And so, it's so important to recognize you are not less than because mm. you are in a step family. Even if you are the one that sinned and broke up your former family, divorce is not more powerful than the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus forgives all sin. Yes. If you are truly repentant, if you are sorrowful for what you did in that previous relationship, that previous marriage, even if you were the cause, Go to God and ask for forgiveness. You don't want a second divorce because you didn't heal from or or humble yourself and admit your sin in the first divorce. Or you may be like me. You ended up divorced and you didn't want to be divorced. Divorce doesn't label you forever as unforgivable, uh, you know, unrepentant. God loves you right where you are. Come to him. Ask for forgiveness for what is your part in in what brought you to the place you are today. Mm-hmm. And recognize and accept God's forgiveness. And then recognize he loves your step family. Linda, right now I'm working on a resource called Step Families of the Bible. 
And it is a biblical teaching on all the step families that are in mostly the Old Testament, some of the New Testament, but mostly the Old Testament. And I'm going to share exactly how God loved on those step families, even when the, some of them were making horrific choices. <laughs> they were doing some dastardly things, and yet God still redeemed them, loved them, healed them, loved their children. Even when they disobeyed God, he gave them ways to come forward for forgiveness, repentance, healing, restoration. Does he let them suffer a consequence for their poor choices? Absolutely. But that doesn't mean they aren't forgiven and can't be healed. So we've got to start accepting that God loves step families. And go to your pastor, go to your leader, bring me there. I'll come there. That's my hometown. I love coming back and spitting in Satan's face because he tried to kill me when I lived there and say, God restores the years the locusts Locusts. have eaten. Amen. He did it in my life. He will do Mm -hmm. it in yours. Uh, There's nothing special about me. I am little Laura from Lockport, New York. And there is nothing special about me. I am just a woman who has a heart for God, and he will do it for you, too. And so, pastor who is listening right now, I'm begging you, I'm begging you, learn how to minister to step families in your church so that you can save their marriages. It's so needed. Oh, it is so needed. And uh, if you're listening today and you need to go have a talk with your pastor, go and have a talk with your pastor. Divorce is not the unpardonable sin. There is forgiveness. We need to learn, be teachable, ask forgiveness of our sins, and God will repair, restore, and redeem. There is no condemnation with Jesus Christ. Um, And I wanted to bring that hope today, Laura. I wanted to bring um, just some understanding, some principles. This is so needed. You're absolutely right. There are more blended families now than there are uh, one-time marriages, and we've got to be able to minister holistic through the Word of God, through forgiveness, and to share hope um, in the reality of today and be able to move forward. The titles of your book are the 101 101 tips for the smart step mom. I like this book too, Laura. When I do becomes I don't. Quiet yeah. moments for the step mom soul, kind of a devotional for encouragement for the journey is another book. The smart step mom and you've also co um authored a book the the smart step family with ron deal and there's just so many resources out there to help um many people and their families uh your website what can they find on your website the smartstepmom.com laura that yep i've got all kinds of free blogs I have um, free TV interviews, and the reason those are so fabulous, actually, I did those TV interviews right near you, Linda, right across the border there at 100 Huntley Street, Mm -hmm. wonderful hosts, and um, the reason those TV interviews are so important is because very often a stepmom will contact me, and her husband won't read a book. Or a stepdad will contact me, and they're they're like, okay, I don't really want to read a book. They can go on that those clips, and I do 20-minute segments. There's three 20-minute segments. 
And so if you're not a reader, but you want to learn about this a little bit, you can go on there and watch those TV clips. And Myra asks me such fabulous questions, just like you did. And they can learn. They can learn these step family principles by watching those television clips. And very often they can get their spouse to learn it alongside them. So it doesn't feel like they're preaching at them. They can just learn it through me. Thank you so much, Laura Patherbridge. The website is thesmartstepmom.com. If you want to talk to me about bringing her here and doing a um, seminar or conference, you can contact me at lindakpenn at gmail.com. It's a privilege to have you, Laura. May God continue to bless you and your ministry. And for our listeners out there, go to todayslivinghope.com and hear this again when it comes up by Tuesday or catch it on one of our podcasts. Hey, this is Today's Living Hope with your host, Linda Penn, and we will see you, Lord willing, next week. The preceding program has been furnished by Today's Living Hope.